Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh-oh. Here comes trouble. Hey, what's up? This is Tom Segura. You're listening to Izzy Rock on the Tales from the Hard Side podcast. Hey, this is Brendan Walsh, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on Tales from the Hard Side. These are tales from the hard side, painted so vivid. Kicking real life stories, not woven or knitted. Izzy Rock brings that rawness to all who listen. Dropping heavy knowledge, knowledge, and sharing some wisdom. Going down that rough road only makes you tougher. It's a beautiful struggle, sometimes we suffer. Let the people know you aren't in this alone. This talk is deep, it cuts down to the bone. No fakeness here, this as real as it gets. Hazardous on the mic, kick it live and direct. Spread that vibe everywhere, all across the globe. The idea's real simple, that's no secret code. Reach out to the people, spread that positive energy. Cause we're all looking for a little bit of serenity. Whatever little part of this planet you live in, these tales from the hard side are now transmitting. Transmitting. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 276 of the Tales from the Hard Side podcast. I'm Izzy Rock. I'm your host and producer for this podcast that I've been doing since 2012. This is kind of an audio blog, an audio diary of uh, my life during that time period. And I'm a dude who lives in the northern part of the Dayton area. And uh, today, and oftentimes, I have my sons Christian and Zach on, and today happens to be Father's Day 2017. Um, it's actually June 18th, 2017. I want to welcome them to the podcast, my 17-year-old son, Christian. What's up? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. And my 14-year-old son, Zach. What's up? Happy Father's Day. Thanks, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so let's get to this podcast because uh, I know you guys would rather be doing other things other than podcasting with dad. So, uh huh. Yes. So let's get to it. Um, so today's Father's Day, like I said, and I want to thank you guys for a wonderful day. We went to Company Seven Barbecue and then we went and saw Wonder Woman, the movie Wonder Woman. And we, I want to do a review of that. But before I get to that review, I want to ask you guys. How has summer been so far? Great. It's been pretty good, man. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. You guys recently went on a trip to uh, Kings Island, and you've also spent some time at the pool, at a local pool, and you also, one of you guys went to the water park at Kings Island. So let's talk about your Kings Island experience for the first time that you went. You both got gold passes, which means that you can go anytime you want, free parking, all the like it was an expensive pass to get. So, what was your first trip to Kings Island like this year? Which is it's northern part of Cincinnati, by the way. Yeah. Um, 
So for me, it was a pretty good experience. Uh, I took one of my friends, um, and we had a good time. You know, we stayed in the main park the whole time, and for the most part, it was good. You know, there were some long lines, uh, but for the most part, it was good. What had the longest line? Man, Diamondback, uh, you know, Mystic Timbers when it was open because it keeps malfunctioning, although it is a really new ride. And what ride did you not ride that you wanted to ride because of your friend? Drop Zone. Drop Zone. Yeah. The ride that That's gave, it. gave me a fear of heights. And Zach, how was your Kings Island experience and what did you ride? Good. I took two friends. I rode pretty much everything. Anything you missed? Nope. That you were like, ah, oh, I kind of wish I would have rode that. Nope. And you went to the water park? Nope. Oh, well, you... I went there, but then it was too crowded, so oh. I got back on the train and left. Okay. Couldn't really walk anywhere. <laughs> no, it was pretty packed that day? Yeah. Yeah, and you guys have been going to the pool. What's uh, what's pool life like? Is it is it anything like yeah, it's fun. an 80s uh, how, uh, comedy? I don't know. What yeah, man, like. totally. You don't know what 80s comedies are like? No. Tell them about it, Christian. I don't know, I man. Don't wanna... I You know... I I really I don't know what you mean like Sandlot, I, Sandlot. That, well, that's not an eighties comedy. Oh well, like Porky's. Okay, I've okay, never seen okay. that. Oh uh, well, you're missing out. All right, well, what about Zapped? Have you seen Zapped? No. Oh my goodness, there's so many. All right, anyway, because Zach's like, come on, let's keep it going, keep going, don't stall. So uh, my birthday is this week and. I am excited. I will be 44 on Thursday. And I made a Facebook post about birthdays. How I had hidden my birthday from uh, the public on Facebook. And last year I didn't get any messages or or uh, anything from anybody. Um, and so it, Facebook is a great reminder of telling people when their birthday is. And so I didn't make that update to make myself feel sorry or to make people feel sorry that nobody wished me a happy birthday um happy birthdays are one of those things that i see a lot of the people doing going oh it's my birthday week it's my birthday month and they make it like it's this extravagant thing and really birthdays shouldn't be such a big deal after you turn a certain age yeah especially I mean, for dudes well after you turn 21 until you turn 50 I, I think 30's a big one. I think 35 is a big one. 40. So every 40, five years. Every five years. And and for your uh, childhood to uh, 18, yeah, that always should, you know. Yeah, so birthdays, but, birthdays are one of those weird things that I, every, like a lot of people celebrate. And I know it makes them feel good, and you should celebrate being alive each, uh, another year, but some people go take it to extremes. And they make me not enjoy the birthday process, and um, but needless to say, I have uh, I have to work that day. Christian has to work that day. Uh, Zach yeah. Zach has rugby and you have football. rugby practice and football mm -hmm. weightlifting. Which, right after how's weightlifting I have football go? Football and then rugby right after that. How's weightlifting go? Good. Good. It's hard sometimes, but yeah, life is hard, man. All right, so let's get to this voicemail so I can get you – or not voicemail. That's going to be – I got a voicemail from Q-Ball, and I want to thank him for that. Uh, that's coming up here, and after this Wonder Woman review, uh, I'll do it after the boys 
take off because they after we go crack a cold one they're very anxious to get out of here um so wonder one review we saw it for father's day it was something that i have been wanting to see since it came out but we were in florida and then last week we just didn't get a chance to to go see it and so we saw it today and what did you guys think no spoilers you know i i like the movie but you know it's some of the parts were just kind of dull. Dull is a good good word um, for it. You know, I know they have to tell a story, but really, it's just like, yeah, but speed it up. Yeah, there was uh, there was a few times. To- in fact, early in the movie, I was actually falling asleep. Yeah, I had to wake you up. <laughs> yeah, like because there was a lot of exposition exposition to get to any sort of action yeah and i I know there there shouldn't be all action it shouldn't all be action that would just be boring but there was there was parts of it that was super slow and uh the action was amazing the first like 20 minutes gal gadot is amazing she's the perfect wonder woman you had to look that name up i did not no you didn't seriously no man wow i know yeah i don't even know what movies she's been in besides Batman v Superman in this one. Yeah. Gal Gadot. So what did you guys think of it? What did you think of it, Zach? It was great. You liked the whole thing? Mm-hmm. You didn't think I liked, it... I liked the story in the beginning. You didn't like you didn't think it was dull? Mm, no, not really. No. Well, that's good. Um I think that the oh by the way, there's no end credit scene, so don't wait for it. Um, <laughs> and what else? Anything else? Anything else? How'd Chris Pine do? Is oh, that... yeah, he did great. Yeah, the pilot, Zach. Steve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Steve. Captain he... Kirk. He did good. Christian, move your phone away from the mic. There you go. All right, so um, what What else? Any last words about Wonder Woman? It was good. I liked it. You know, I liked the, the character who played... Ares and Zeus, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. It was it was kind of weird how they explained it. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. It was because like, okay, once the action starts, you at the last 10 to 15 minutes, you understand. You're like, oh, yeah. But when the character is, exp- I'm not even going to say who the actor is, but I don't actually know his name, but I know what he's been in. Um, but, you know. When they tried to explain it, it was really confusing because you thought, oh, it's Zeus. But then he's like, oh, I got brought down and blah, 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 and like my power. And I was like, so what? You became Ares 2? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Ares 2.0? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought, they, the were the same. I thought nice. they were the same person. Yeah, they, they are. Oh. That armor was bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. All the swords. He like Ares corrupt. I don't know. They, it was bullshit. Let's just say that. <laughs> bullshit storytelling. There you go. Uh, well, uh, Zack Snyder was part of the storyline. Uh, part of the people that created the storyline. And you, a lot of people don't like. Didn't like Batman v Superman. Terrible. Um, Suicide Squad. Okay, listen. I don't think he I've did seen that, some bad movies. He did. He did. He did Suicide Squad. Oh, really? I think I think at least. I have a computer in front of me. Go ahead and search it up. All but right. I just want to say this. 
it is the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm not even exaggerating. Suicide here. Squad. I've seen some bad movies. I've seen Human Centipede one, two, and three. <laughs> I thought those were just gruesome. They are, but they're awful. They're terrible movies. I've but I think they're one. supposed to be like that. Um, I've also seen Batman v Superman. So, <laughs> but you know, I like the oh, I like the first. 20 minutes before it got into the city stuff but after that suicide squad just went downhill uh, david uh, Ayer is the director of suicide squad he's just he's not good ah he's made some pretty good movies well this one was definitely maybe it was the studio you think probably i mean the studio usually gets involved with a lot of that and he, he made a really good movie called end of watch that had uh jake gyllenhaal and michael pena Jake Gyllenhaal, not Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, whatever. Whatever, douchebag. <laughs> what is he, uh, Gilman? Gilman. Um, so let's search the Wonder Wonder Woman. Uh, I liked the when they had the old Wonder Woman music that came on. Um, the old Wonder Woman music. Yeah, the from, from when uh, they had certain parts of the movie where they had from the 70s TV show. Oh, I've never Wonder Woman music. I never watched it. Yeah, man. Of course, I haven't. How about that lasso of truth? Yeah, I was like, they did. They did a pretty good job on it. They did a pretty good job on it. You know, it was like, well, some of the CG, some of like the moving was bad. But I mean, you're. It's always going to be like that. Mm. You know, it's never going to be perfected. Although, you know, some of the green screen stuff did look good. Um, you could definitely tell at times, though. Mm. Like. You could really tell. So she was in The Fast and the Furious and um, Batman v Superman. She was in Fast and Furious? Yeah, Which man. one? You know, she was uh, she was um, at the age of 20. She served for two years as an enlisted soldier in the Israeli Defense Forces. She served, yeah, you had to look served up. serving as combat trainer. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. She it was, is pretty crazy. She, she was a model. And well, in, that doesn't surprise me. In 2007, uh, she was in a Maxim photo shoot, Women of the Israeli Army. And uh, she, um, yeah, her acting career started in 2008 in the Israeli drama Bubo. Is this from Wikipedia? Yeah, Bubo? <laughs> and then she she appeal, appeared as Gazelle Yashar, Yasser, or whatever, at, in Fast and the Furious. The first one? The fourth one fourth one mm-hmm. yeah i haven't seen the fourth one i don't really like fast and furious <laughs> she was in uh she had small roles in the action comedy date night and the adventure action adventure night and day and um then she was brought back again in fast and furious 6 and now she is um she was in batman v superman and now wonder woman and so she's uh she's really making a name for herself she is beautiful she is. She's really. She really is beautiful. <laughs> yep. She is. Yeah. So, um, so I'm excited about her continuing her role as Wonder Woman, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, are you guys pumped for anything coming up? Uh, the new Spider-Man movie, definitely. Yeah, oh. It looks good. That trailer was really good. Do you see the uh, Spider-Man video? The video game, the yeah, PS4 footage. Mm-hmm. That looked great, didn't That's it? Good. Oh, that one movie that we're like. The world ending or whatever. Or the oh, storm, yeah. Geostorm. Geostorm. That look good? Yeah, man. Yeah. That look really good, actually. So, movies where you watch everybody die. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, 
Um, Thinking so, it's not us. Yeah, thankfully it, it is not us. So uh, I will go ahead and let these guys get out of here and I will do the voicemail and then introduce the next part of the podcast. I want to thank you guys for being on. Thank you for being my sons. Yep. It is Father's Day, so you're doing being on the podcast as a gift to me, and I appreciate that. And uh, you guys have a great week. Enjoy yourselves. It's been a nice day, right? Yeah, it has. What did well, you, you get at but... Company 7 Barbecue? So I got a pulled pork sandwich, and I got uh, beans and Frank's... Frank fries. Yeah, uh, French fries. And... Beans and Frank fries? Yeah, definitely. Ew. Ew. All right, and what did you have, Zach? The Carolina. Carolina, what's on that? Sausage, pulled pork, coleslaw. Sounds amazing. Cheddar cheese. Yeah. Uh, pretzel bun. I had a full slab of dry rubbed baby back ribs. Um, and I also had mashed potatoes and gravy to go with it because uh, this Saturday and Sunday, well, Sunday because it's Father's Day, you know, I I still watch my carbs a little bit, but not so much yesterday yesterday i had some nice beers over at scott epic's house we hung out with them last night had some had some good beers and uh made myself a killer grilled cheese uh when i got back home um and then at around twelve thirty, we went to go get ice cream and uh, <laughs> came, came back home and christian drove me to go get ice cream came yeah. back home and we started watching cat fight and, and I then fell you asleep. fell asleep. Uh, all of you fell asleep. Yeah, we did. And I was the only one up, and then I went to my room. You should have turned the TV off. Nah. I fell asleep on the couch. Hey, man. Yeah. It was my idea. Oh, and I saw Get Down, Get Out this week. It's really good. We both, we all saw it. It's really good. Did you like it? Yeah, I like it. You know, um, you know watching it a second time, I was like, meh. Yeah. But, you know. All right. It's really hot in here. All right, you guys. Take care of yourselves. Um, I don't. Eric tomorrow has an issue with people saying we're going to take a break because you could just pause it. So that's what I'm going to do now. I'm just going to pause it and I'll be right back in a second. Bye, guys. Until you break. Bye. See ya. All right. So here we go. I'm going to play this message from Cue Ball. We're going to get to the rest of the podcast. Um. Let's see. <laughs> Uh-uh, uh-uh. All right, you gotta be quiet, dude. Hold on, I'm still recording. Zach's getting his bike yeah, and going out here. Well, you're gonna have to wait. Just hang on. Dude, just pause it. Say I'll be right back. No, just wait. Mr. Izzy Rockets, Q-Ball from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, it's called to wish you a happy birthday. You got mine, and then you played it off on Facebook. Like, I don't want anybody to know. Took it away. I knew yours was close to mine. But happy birthday, bud. You say it's a participation trophy. I say congratulations, dude. You made it around the sun one more time. That's a long, hard trip. And, and you know, you got to look at it as a, as a milestone. What, what did you accomplish this year? How much better are you today than last time you ticked off a notch on the belt? Anyway, happy birthday, bud. I love what you do. You're awesome. Keep it up, man. Bye. <laughs> he does have a good point. Hold on, Zach. Do, are you do you, are you excited about birthdays? Real quick, grab Mike and uh, as you're opening up the door. 
Go ahead and open up the door and grab a mic. Tell me how you feel about birthdays. See, we are in my garage. I like birthdays. Why do you like birthdays? Because it celebrates New Year. Not a New Year, but New Year for you, I guess. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think you always love celebrating your birthday? No. I feel like as I'm going to get older, I won't be as excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. All right. Thank you, Cube Ball, for uh, sending the voicemail. Thanks for being on the podcast, Zach. Yeah. Appreciate it. You enjoy your bike ride out there. Is it raining? All right, so I'm going to give you my voicemail. If you guys want to call the voicemail and leave a voicemail, <laughs> how many times can I say voicemail? Call 937-265-2024. That is 937-265-2024. Uh, we started Handmaid's Tale this week on Hulu, and um, that looks like it's going to be pretty solid. And, yeah. So, anyway... Dayton Sideshow was a few weeks ago. I did a podcast with Chris Brewer. If you listen to the Gym City podcast, you probably already heard this. But since I'm actually doing, having conversations with the people on Storyteller episodes, I figure this will be a good way to um, add more content to the podcast and to expose uh, this the music that these artists have to whoever listens to the Tales from the Hard Side podcast. So that's what I'm going to do. And uh, this one is with Christopher Brewer, or you can call him Chris Brewer. And he's a good dude. And here it is, Gym City Podcast with Chris Brewer and myself at Dayton Sideshow. Have a great week, everyone. I love you. Take care of yourselves. Happy birthday if it's your birthday. Uh, maybe I'm coming back around on this, but I don't know. All right. Anyway, take care. Work, Frank. Hope you had a great vacation, buddy. You deserve it. Later, dude. See you guys. Welcome in to the Gem City Podcast, a podcast about Dayton for Dayton. Check out this and all past episodes online at gemcitypodcast.com. You can also listen to the Gym City Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Follow Gym City Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Gym City Podcast is brought to you by Folio Design House, Epic Life Fitness, Venus Child Productions. Now let's get to it with this episode of the Gym City Podcast. everybody welcome to this storyteller podcast recorded at Dayton Sideshow you are hearing the sounds of death by fetish I believe 
and uh, I want to thank them for the background music. Absolutely. But I have Mr. Chris Brewer on the podcast. You can't hear me bow, but I'm bowing. <laughs> so, well, we're kind of doing a different style of storyteller episode where I'm having a conversation. I, I did over 100 where it was just the artist. Yeah. You did one of those. Yeah. And now I figure let's I'll participate. And so... At the end of, this, end of this podcast, we're going to feature three songs from Chris, and we're going to talk about those. But for now, let's get to know this singer-songwriter from the Dayton area, and introduce yourself and let people know, for one, where they can find your stuff. My stuff, I can be found on the YouTube. You can just look for the pretty face Chris Brewer on the YouTube. Um, I'm on SoundCloud. It's Christopher the Brewer. And... You can get my new little EP that we're going to do today at bandcamp.com. chrisbrewer.bandcamp.com backslash releases. Right on, man. I've said that 400 times today. So, and let's, let's, you were on Gem City Podcast Storyteller episode. Yeah, about a year ago, was it now? Yeah, something like that. I think it was in the summer, too, yeah. It was like the summer to summer, so. About a year ago now, probably a year and a couple months, I did a, when I was in a band before with my ex-girlfriend, Brandy, we did a The Sound in One's Head. Yeah, and I, I remember hearing it. And finding out that you recorded it on your phone. Yep. Where if somebody heard this, and I knew, I know there's there's inter- recording interfaces and things like that, but which I don't use though. But the quality and the complexity of the music, I just imagine what you would do if you had some sort of studio to work with because you you well, do you. Sa- sound layering. Yeah. You like to mess with the sounds. Things I learned from old bands, from hippies, listening to, to weird psychedelic records. Yeah. The animals even, you know, kind of a tamer band. But uh, Rolling Stones and Floyd and the Beatles, you know, just absolutely was my entire childhood. So growing up, I think that I just had all those things in my head. Like all those layers were already there like an acid trip anyway. So <laughs> That's a good way to explain it. Once I woke up myself... Those things were just kind of there, like in little layers, like a painter paints, you know? Yeah. He starts with the white, you move on, you, you build faces by using reds and greens and red, you know, blues to build the, the skin tone. I guess it is like a matrix. I already, I already kind of had in my head, every time I write a song, I'm like, this would sound good back there. And yeah. How can I make that happen with nothing? Yeah. With a phone. With a phone. So you, most, most people that have a bedroom set up do like the computer, the laptop, they got some microphones. They got some software. I'm really jealous of that kind of shit because what I what I've had in the past was a tape recorder, and you can do everything all at once and have it on a cassette when you were well when I was a kid. Or when you get a little older, you can not record at all, or you can go digital and do that. And then they invented the smartphone. Yeah. And I got into the Apple Revolution, and I found this app called GarageBand that I learned people actually record real records on. That's, that's probably one of my tricks right there. Yeah. I can't think of a record recorded on it, but I know that, like, LaRue, one of my favorite pop people, she records on a laptop. Like, there's very little studio. They have some tricks that go to that laptop, but... Uh, I found that sitting by myself in a bedroom with a, with a telephone app was just really comfortable. I, I knew what I was doing. I had everything that I needed. There was a drum machine on the thing, and that's all I needed. My guitars and my voice and whatever else I could kind of... So that is a drum machine. That is a drum machine. What? So what I do is, is I go in and I pre-program a beat, and I kind of play like this bass track. The... 
lounge. And then I'll go back as I've recorded um, like a bed track of my guitar so I know the structure. So I can go back and add crashes, snare pops, little tom rolls, things as I go along to add to the, the events in the song to build that up. That's crazy, dude. And some of the organ sounds I do are on the iPhone that does have a little key, but it's only got about nine keys that you can use. So some of it was a Casio or a Yamaha, just old like pawn shop $40 keyboard plugged line out into my amplifier with effects and things on it to make it sound various different ways. And the phone moved various different places in the room. I've recorded with the amplifier in a hallway and did some Led Zeppelin tricks and put the phone in a room off to the side. Just really? whatever, whatever I can do to try to capture what I'm doing and, and eliminate background noise because I don't have any noise reduction on an iPhone. Big problem on this record was kids running around, yeah. neighbors screaming out the window. Yeah. My dad's going deaf. I, after my big breakup and the great revelation, I call it my start over in life. <laughs> I'm back with the parents. My dad's going deaf. The TV is like Fox 45 or news, Republican news all day long. And <laughs> the top is volume. We're coming in. Hail Trump. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I follow you on Facebook and I've, I've watched your trials. When I'm not moping, I have some positive things to say too sometimes. Well, it, it's interesting to see the perspective of somebody who is going through something that is the bottom. Like when you break up with somebody that you're in love with and you, you have a relationship with, and having you and Brandy there, you could, like there was times we were talking about hanging out. And then yeah. when everything fell apart, like I felt for you guys. Big love to you, man. I know you did. Yeah, and you so, reached out to both of us, and it was it was really touching, actually. Yeah, man. Like we we were, you were one go of the few the people to reach out to me. Like I was so alone and isolated. You know, I'd isolated myself, but you were one of the few people to really reach out and be like, "Are you okay, man?" Like, yeah. It's a, uh, you know, I think it's important to show love to people, and um, having you up there, dude, and just knowing your songwriting ability, like I, I'm rooting you along, dude. Thank you. So. So, through tragedy, oftentimes, if you don't know how to swallow you whole and consume you, where you just want to give up, it can create some fucking beautiful art. Yes. Like, this podcast came from tragedy. Yeah. And now here, we're sitting here chatting at Sideshow. I wrote that in my notes. I think that one of the most beautiful things about life is that they're really... I don't know about birth, but there can't be rebirth without some kind of destruction, some yeah. kind of chaos, some kind of you know stewing up of the, the primordial things to get everything rebuilding again, or else it might just lay dormant and be dead, right? So when I got to a point of uh, thinking that I found the woman that I'm going to marry, I'd already been married before, but you know I'm, I'm going to give this a try again. I'm going to marry this woman. I'm going to try to be good and try to get rid of my secrets. I'm going to try to be good to this woman and, and do the right thing this time. Realizing that I hadn't and that everything I had told myself was bullshit and a lie and, and really seeing that I had already destroyed my entire life. Like, Terry, the whole thing is, is like, uh, I don't know if I've ever really been in love. I, I loved Brandy, you know. In my pit of my soul as much as I can imagine loving someone. But after learning what intimacy is and what a relationship really means and what commitment to someone means, 
and that I'd never done that. You know, I think that was the bottom. That was the destruction. So I was, I was in this moment. I'll just go ahead and tell the story real quick. So we'll, we'll get that out of the way. I was in a committed relationship with a woman who loved my children and took her as, took them as her own. Loved me more than she'd ever loved any man in the world, I think. And I was on the internet watching porn probably five hours a day. Whoa! Are you five hours? I was at work sitting there between No, no, no judgment, man. No, but five hours. No fucking it's joke. Long, it's a long time. At least four or five hours a day. And that's not just like Pornhub. Like, I had a big thing about pictures. I would look up the picture sets and just see the pretty pictures. I had this sock fetish. Let's look at all the pretty feet today or whatever, you know. I'm just <laughs> going through this thing. And I'm like, that's my life. That's what I like, you know. That's, that's who I am. But the thing is, is that those things are embarrassing. You don't really want to tell your loved one, hey, I look up little socky feet all day on the internet. And I, I look up guys and I think that men are attractive. You know, you know, some types of men. I'm not attracted to all men. That's a big misconception when someone turns gay that you like all men. Now, when did you know that? Like, when, because that's something else that came out from this. That, 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 you know, my acceptance of that came from this. I think I've known these things a long time, though. Uh, when I was seven years old, I'm laying on the couch, and I'm covered up with a blanket all over me, and I got little green socks on. That, there's the birth of my fetish. <laughs> See? And I'm looking down at my feet, and I'm like, oh, I'm seven years old, man. I'm like, no, those are cute like a girl's feet. And, you know, I think I always knew that I was soft and a little feminine, and that I wanted to be the pretty one, and that... That I wasn't some big masculine strong man, but you know that's that's what you grow into as a young guy. You get to be about 14 and you hit puberty. If you say the word I I, I like a, the way my legs look and long socks or something, you ain't getting a fucking date. You know you'll never meet a girl. And and I have always liked women. You know it's, I've been, that's been a confusing point for me. So I guess most of my life I just thought that I like some weird things. Let's get a little blunt. I like, I have an anal fetish on myself. I have, you know, certain things that I think are just, all straight guys do that, right? <laughs> and, you know, maybe some do, but, but not all. So I realized with Brandy, when she catches me doing all this shit, I'm writing love notes to 24-year-old girls at work. I'm on Craigslist putting cross-dressing ads up to get male attention and pretending it's a masturbation fantasy and I don't really like men. I'm just jerking off, honey. It's not a big deal. Um, I'm standing there and I'm looking at this woman who's looking at me like she has no idea who the fuck I am. In one of those moments, we had a, about a month and a half of breaking up. One of those moments, it, it clicked. I don't know who the fuck I am either. You're asking me to tell you all these things. I've never said them aloud to a person in my life. Yeah. I haven't even thought about these things to myself. So I, I realized I got a soul search. So in the soul searching process, I've come to understand that I, I hid those things for so long that I even hid them for myself. It's not, you know, I went around forever telling people the last few years even. I might be kind of bisexual, but it, it's just a sex thing. I don't really think I could fall in love with a guy. And I really think that's probably the only thing that I've been searching for my whole life that I couldn't find. Wow. And I've tried to find it everywhere else. I tried to find it in porn. I tried to find it in pretty girls. 
but I think I just kind of want to be that pretty girl, you know? I, I just, <laughs> I want to be the pretty one, and so I accept it. Yes, I'm, I'm probably not a gay man. I identify as pansexual. I, not only does your sex, but your, your choice of gender matters not to me. If I was with a woman again, I think it would have to be a woman that identifies with a very masculine gender role and finds my feminine gender role very beautiful and, and not a complication in that relationship at all. Or I'd be in the wrong place. Yeah. So I'm definitely in the gay community, definitely out there, and have come out and, and, I, and I probably talk more about my, my affection towards men than women because it's so new to me and I'm, I'm still trying to feel that out. But I do know in my heart, like, I, I think that's where I belong. I wouldn't turn down love with a woman, but I think I'm looking for a pretty boy to come sweep me off my feet, perhaps. And that, that, that's a new discovery, about a year. I would have never said that a year and a half ago. Yeah. I would have done sexy things with a guy and not told anyone about it, but I, I would have never even dreamed that I could fall in love with a boy. Had you ever done anything before? And I had. Have you? Yeah. And, and not in a, in a happy way. One of them was a Craigslist hookup. One of them was as long ago as college. Just oh, messing wow. around with a boy and drunk college kids do weird things. And even that I just thought, well, this is just some weird shit I'm doing. And I guess I knew, but you lie and you deny. So, yes, I knew in the back of my head, you know, you, you're doing this with a man. You're probably gay in there somewhere. But I could still have that plausible deniability that America teaches you. As long as I say it's something <laughs> else, then it's something else, right? Well, and to get back to... You talked about your your parents, yeah. your father watching Fox Fox News. Now, not all people who watch Fox News are I won't generalize. anti-gay. Yeah. But let's just say that we all know somebody who likes Fox News that probably doesn't like gay people. And I'll clarify that Fox News thing is a new thing for my dad too. I think he's a Trump bandwagoner. My dad's been Democrat my whole life. I've been a liberal, hippie-raised kid my whole life. Last couple of years, my dad just got old and fucking bitter and hateful. Quit watching Katie Houston on WDTN and started watching Fox. Yeah. They say nicer things about his president or something, you know. Yeah. If it, you know, I, I've watched I've watched my own family fall into the trap of watching Fox News and believing everything they say because the liberal media lies and all that oh, shit. Oh yeah, that, that's a big poison. That I, I don't know if you know the liberal set said it ourselves or. You know, I'm not sure what happened there, but I know that things did go down that weren't probably the greatest right. to look at from the outside of the world, but I promise everyone, liberals are not the commies coming to take over they everything. They are not. I, I, I definitely lean more left than right, but I, I can look at all sides. Yeah, I try to see and all appreciate sides. It. Yeah, man. I can understand the America I believe in. I can see conservative values. I, I need them there. That's, yes, what, it, that's what America is. Absolutely. I think that the conservative side of things, and I won't accuse all, but I, I would say the conservative side of things more views me as something to be taken out instead of dealt with like I, like I view them. Yeah. I need to deal with you, but mostly you guys need to take me out. So I, I think that's where a lot of the snowflake thing comes. Oh, I love you the know. snowflake thing because the most sensitive people are those who often supported Trump. Yeah. And it, I, you know, the most butthurt. I, I don't want to get too far into <laughs> politics uh, on a Chip City podcast episode because we don't really. So let's, we do music here. Let's pull it back to music and talk about Chris Brewer, Brewer the musician. When did you start 
getting into music and start playing music? And what inspired you? I started some of this a little bit earlier when we were talking. Um, when I was a kid, I got my first guitar when I was 14. It was an Electra Les Paul copy that played about as high off the neck as a banjo or something. It was like, it was a really awkward guitar, but I, I took to it. My dad could see that I could play something by the Beatles, and he was like, you can use my Les Paul. So I played a gold top for a long time. I started meeting some kids and I played hardcore punk rock with them. That's what we felt was exciting, the new big thing that we hadn't discovered yet. It's like 1993 and we're like, what is that shit? That's not Metallica. That's cooler than Metallica. We can do that. We can actually do that. We can get drunk and be really fucking loud. And uh, over about four years or so, I think that, in my modest opinion, we grew to be, you know, a really respected little band in town. There were there were several that were monsters ahead of us, but we, we modestly did our own little thing, and I think that we were a cool band. After that band broke up, I took about a 10-year break. I ended up pawning a guitar, lost it, got married, pretended to be straight some. <laughs> uh, I had beautiful children. Uh, Alexander and Charlotte are my life. And I went through a divorce. I went through a girlfriend. I just found myself lost. I was missing something. Ah, right? Yeah. You know, I was missing what I really should have been going for. Every time I break up, I should have just went and did what I want to do. But instead, I would just do something on Craigslist and pretend that that's good enough and go find some cute girl today. <coughs> Where was I? This music distracted so, me. So, so you... Music. So I, end, I, I break up with a girl that I feel was very gender neutral, and it didn't dawn on me at the time why I was so obsessed with her. She hated my guts. We were a horrible couple. But she was kind of a dude. She was like my boyfriend. You know, she really was, she wore the man pants in that relationship, and she just kind of treated me like a little sissy. And, and I actually, that dynamic worked. So I really missed her when we broke up, and I found myself sad and depressed. And at my parents' house, a few years back, this is the second time I've been back there, and my dad's guitar is laying under the bed, so I grabbed it, and I went to the bathroom to not disturb them in their sleep, and I just started to play, and the uh, first thing I played was a, a riff of my own. I just started to write something, and I'd never really written anything except hardcore riffs when I was a kid. So the first thing that I went to in my brain was, I love Beatles, I love John Lennon, I want to sound like Bob Dylan or something. I want to do something, in my opinion, that has meaning and depth and has to do with this guitar that I learned how to play when I was younger that I never did anything really with. And it just started there. This started right there. When I was about 31 years old. And I wrote my first really good song, like, you know, an actual little tune that wasn't just a little riff that Jaybird put drums to and, and made a big metal song. So I've ended up moving to cell phones, trying everything I can just to try and record what I can do and get it out to people because I don't seem to have a lot of luck getting in bands and meeting people that play what I want to play. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. I could join lots of bands, probably. Lots of people like me. I got a likable face. Yeah. I, I play guitar all right, but it's none of it's really what I want to do, I think. Yeah. I could do jam side band stuff, but as far as what I write, I can't find enough musicians who want to orchestrate what I want to do. Yeah. So I just do it myself. Ah. I guess yeah. lonely, but. M. Ross Perkins uh, is another guy who has produced his yeah. and recorded his own stuff. Yeah. And there, I appreciate an artist who does that, who 
you you have a vision you want to see that vision through and you you have the tools and you're using those tools so instead of a paintbrush you're using right what you can you got little digital apps yeah. where I have you know this way that I can put a pillow in front of my amplifier to make it sound different than it did on the track before it a little bit yeah so well let's get let's get to these tracks and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more because some of this stuff came from a sound in, in Europe and a sound this, in my head a, a sound in my own head okay all right yeah so, a sound in, a sound in one's head one's head what yeah, I was my joking with you. I was like, I was like these are a sound in my head. All right. A sound in one's head. That's right. Yeah, some of these are old and finished from a time before. Yeah. And, and a couple of them are new, and one's a cover on this new record. But listening to these, I realized how much of a role you played in the songwriting and yeah. the structure of the songs. Oh, and you can hear the sound in one's head versus people explode sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I, I hear... Like, go, from listening to that to listening to what you're doing now, I hear uh, that you pretty much were the foundation of the vision of, of the art. Yeah. Like, Brandy, as a lover, she she rode along with the ride. You know, she loved yeah. she loved what I did, and when I wanted her to come along and do it with me, she was she was very adamant that she would be pleased to do so. So it was never her number one goal in life or anything to do. Gotcha. So I, I don't. I, sometimes I felt like I stole the reins, but I think that she just gave them to me. It was kind of my thing yeah. that she wanted to do with me. Yes. I'm not certain anymore that it was ever our thing that, that we really wanted to do together. Yeah. It was kind of my thing. I think she supported me through with which means more to me now than it did at the time. Because right. honestly, at the time, I, I, I often saw, you know, a bandmate that didn't come to practice sometimes or whatever. And, <laughs> and we were getting little, we were getting relationship, argue, relationship arguments about that shit, you know, like, I'm just, like Fleetwood Mac kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole history of artists that uh, didn't make it, that yeah. were bands together. Yeah. Um, Thank God that wasn't our downfall. The band was not our downfall. <laughs> so, let's get to these tracks. So... Go ahead and introduce, just like you would on the radio, Okay. introduce this track, and then it will be magically, through magically the power inserted. of editing, inserted in, and then we will talk about it after the song's over. And then I'll predict the future. I'll, I will say what's going to happen in three and a half minutes. I'll say it, and then you watch. It's going to happen. I'll say it in three and a half minutes. That's right. All right, so, so our first song is going to be the title track on my new EP, People Explode Sometimes. Disagree with me, it makes a conversation. I want to strangle the neighbors when they're loud or oh, rude. It's all the same reaction. I'm making tea, but my nose only runs. My nerves, they won't get any calmer. Want to be a few things that I might never be. You might see me cry Because there's a problem, maybe With the life you try to chase Well, people explode sometimes When they go insane It's like a box, my baby It'll blow up in your face Yeah, people explode 
Lord, sometimes get out of the way
never did incidentally finish writing that fucking screenplay. I've been writing it forever, though. It's still in a box at my house. I gave it up because I named this record that. I was like, I'm not going to write a movie called that, too. But it, it, it was... It came from a line. One of the characters is involved in a process of inadvertently pushing someone to their explosion. They don't really realize it, but what they're doing is going to make this person do everything they think they would have did anyway that they're accusing them of doing. And uh, they say this line, they tell another character, well, you know, people explode, period. Sometimes you just have to know when to get out of the way. So those words stuck in my head. As a, as a poet, I like clever little lines and awkwardly worded things that don't really sound right. So people explode sometimes. I just kept that image in my head. And when this breakup started to happen, I had half of this song written, the first half, the first verse, and the, the chorus. I had already written and I sort of added the second verse in to more cover my my details at the moment to kind of tie in the theme of the record which is as I learned it's not always your neighbor or Captain Spaulding you got to look out for sometimes you are the one who is the pushing of the buttons and, and gonna be the one to make yourself go over the edge maybe you're the one that you got to look out for kind of what the song is, is driving towards you is to, to be wary of your damn self maybe instead of you know beating on the wall for the neighbor to shut the fucking radio up or whatever <laughs> maybe you're the bad guy sometimes you know that's deep man a little deep yeah it, sometimes it does take looking in the mirror it does um so track number two go track ahead same same two. thing introduce it this song was the newest song that i wrote for the album and i hope you enjoyed it it's called internet confessional
on the radio so the haters know Film my life as a TV show and your mind would blow A new experience can make you glow so I'd give it all a go So I got my John Lennon introspective phase going on. That, that the final year feeling, you know, where like I gotta I gotta confess it all and get it all out. So I realized I'm looking at my record and I'm like, this is an honest little set of songs. But it's not very open. I didn't really say anything I wanted to say. So I got this little melody in my head. It was the first, it's the first song I think I've ever written that I had just a tune in my head. And I went and found the chords kind of thing. Usually I, I find things in, in manual form and they, they tickle me. And I'll go back later and, and play with that until I develop something out of it. And then I'll struggle for a month to find a melody that might possibly go over that. But I think I had a vocal melody in line. And I went and found some chords that kind of fit behind it. I had in my head, you know, watching the wheels and instant karma, things with a, with a heavy piano hum. And then in the back of my head, too, were weird shits like Modest Mouse and little weird, little weird things that I thought were pretty that, 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 that were seeming to line up with my vision. And then lyrics were just uh, based on kind of like a, a blog. I know that all my music is pretty much digital. Nobody's going to go buy my CD. I'm not coming out on, on record store day, so everything of mine is an internet confession anyway. You know, you're gonna look me up on SoundCloud or YouTube or, or wherever, and you're gonna find digitally something of mine to listen to, nothing tangible. So I just took it as like a blog. That was, that was my blog. That's my online diary of, you know. And then the character voice that I chose was very sarcastic and condescending of itself for, for a reason, you know, to, to, to probably toy with um, picking at myself and, and tearing the old part of me away with the new part of me that, that saw the error of my ways kind of thing. And, and, you know, maybe a little support from the new me that, that saw the struggle that the old me was going through. There's a little conversation, I think, going on in that song with oneself. Yeah. And that, you know, I wrote the chorus first, probably. And then I wrote these verses. And I was like, well, the, the chorus doesn't really send home the message of my verses. And the verses don't really carry the anthem of my, you know, the other. But I left them alone because, fuck it, they, they, they seem to fit poetically well together. I know my chorus is kind of disjointed in that song and not exactly like what you expect that song to have a chorus of. <laughs> but it is along those lines and it shows you this character up in the spotlights, up on a soapbox, going nuts about self-destruction like that's the new savior, like Tyler Durden or something. Yeah. It's another big influence of mine is Chuck. I just finished Damned and Doomed. Is it good? Great books of his. Every, a lot of things that I do are very control-alt-Chuck. <laughs> I dig it, I dig it. Yeah, Fight Club uh, was one of my favorite favorites. 
God. favorite movies, dude. God, so such a deep book too. It's a quick read, man. Yeah. Such a small book. Right on. So, the third track. The third track available at GemCityPodcast.com is A Devil May Arrive. Man. 
Dude, you should totally do voiceovers. <laughs> I've thought about it. I was going to go to college for voice stuff. Yeah, you should to- totally I thought do it's a voiceovers. flooded market. No. Well, it is, but there's always a need. There's always a need for a good voice. That's yeah. right. So, Devil May Arrive. Let's talk about that. I guess I was kind of inventing my own folklore with that one. Um, I've been obsessed with this notion that there's not one big bad of the universe. And, you know, I'm not really Christian per se anymore, but I do believe in, in things. So even listeners who are who are maybe Christian or not, just bear with me. I'm not trying to be offensive in any way. Um, I think that we can all relate to the idea that, like, you know, there's always something worse. The world itself turns and gets more evil than it was last year and so on and so forth. Does but, it, though? I, I, that's debatable. Another podcast. <laughs> But, you know, surely there are things that, you know, maybe Satan himself, you know, wouldn't even sing to was the idea of my of my thing. I, I read Damned and Doomed by Chuck. Palinek. Palinek. However the fuck you say that guy's name. Brilliant man. And Satan is like one of the lead characters. He's kind of a back character. The lead character is a girl that talks about him all the time. But there was this personification that I caught on to that I thought was really neat. That he had a person. He was a play. He was a playwright or something. You know, he's, he's writing this book. You know, he's he's got the script. He's shopping around Satan, and he's a chauffeur. And you know, it just dawned on me. Maybe there's maybe there's something worse than that, dude. And, and and when I got into the world of sexual predators, and what I thought really was evil about what goes down when my addiction goes the worst way, and when you end up not so much being just a an innocent person with some problems, you end up being a monster and acting on the impulses that you have in your mind, your little freaky fantasies that, you know, your thoughts are harmless, but your actions carve out everything that anyone needs to know about you in this life. So the notion of, you know, maybe the devil will come get these guys and bring them back home. You know, you better hope that the devil shows up and saves your ass or, or something like that. You know, it was, it was just kind of a weird hillbilly thing I was, I was going to. I, I heard it on the porch in Kentucky, uh, childhood, sitting around box guitars, country music, Hicks spitting tobacco juice. Somebody said, uh, the devil better come get them boys. And it just always stuck with me. It was like, oh, he better come get them. They're fucking bad then. He's embarrassed of them, huh? Thought I dropped something. And recording the song was probably, yeah, we can talk a little bit about, you wanted to know some stuff about how I recorded the album. We, we touched on some of those things. Little stuff that I did, uh, for about three or four months, this record was just drums, bass, and my voice, and, and some keys. My son has this $40 pawn shop guitar that I strummed out, out of tune, horribly, the pattern of the song so I could know where to go later. And as my dad accumulated things, as I recovered from my breakdown and got some things out of pawn shop, I started to add some stuff. So, in this song is probably the most advanced accumulation of instruments that's on the record. My dad's Gretsch 5120, big beautiful hollow body guitar, like Brian Setzer plays or something. Uh, Reverend Horton Heat kind of guitar is on one of the speakers. And then my Epiphone uh, is on the other speaker, the, the acoustic guitar that I use most of the time, kind of make a little stereo sound. And to toy with that app, you mentioned earlier that there's cool little interfaces and stuff, and I wish I had some of those things to plug into the iPhone or the new iPad and do some recording, but 
All I had was the microphone at the end that you talk into when you make phone calls. Yeah. So there's an app, there's a part of the app that has fake amplifier heads that you can use if you can plug into the, the fucking phone. And because I'm the kind of person that just won't fucking stop, I figured out finally that the microphone will pick up the noise if I'm close enough. But there's all this horrendous background static when I use the amp heads. So I had to put mattresses up, my air mattresses up, blankets and comforters over the everything, turn everyone's fans off, make everything quiet in the house. And then I could get the Gretsch to sound like it was plugged in, like it had some electricity to it. Yeah. That way it wasn't just a couple of hollow guitars and things like that. A lot of my things were redone that way. Fake electric guitars. Some of them, some of that shit's not even an amp. <laughs> if I blow your mind, actually, here's 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 a secret I'll give you on People Explode sometimes on that album. There's not one actual amplifier I'm plugged into doing any of that. What? Yeah. Those are all different ways that I could mask the one or two instruments that I have to work with through a microphone and, and change the tone and do this or that just to try and, and emulate what it would sound like if I had my amp there. Dude, the tools that you're using and the music that you're making with those. Thank you. Yeah, dude. You keep keep going. I'm um, glad anybody's interested. I've got some views. It's been, this, this came out about three weeks ago or so. Yeah. A little soft release that I didn't really advertise much except on my Facebook to death. But I've got probably a hundred views on the, the video things on, on YouTube. Listens, views. On, I got about a hundred listens on the YouTube of the various songs that are there. And I saved Internet Confessional and The Devil May Arrive for this podcast to come out. If, if you bought the records, you could hear them. Ah. But if you didn't buy the records, you went to SoundCloud or YouTube, you have to wait until this Gem City podcast airs, and then I'll throw them on there. Love it, dude. Love it. So those five songs have about 100 views. Not bad. Better than I thought. So somebody was listening, and I'm very pleased. Yeah, I, I saw somebody pop up and say that you were one of the... Um, uh, one of the uh, they they gave you a compliment as far as your songwriting ability, yeah. and I've been, you know I've been rooting you on myself, and to, so to see somebody else like somebody who actually plays music because I don't play music, yeah, and so for me like I can recognize what I enjoy, right, and I can go, man, there's some there's something here, yeah, um, for actual people who make and play music. I think it means a lot. Like it just it, it means something different. It, it means something different. absolutely. Yeah, um, I would never say better, but it means something different for it, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've reached the end of the podcast. We did good. Thanks, everybody. You can get me at Facebook. I'm Chris Brewer on there now. I dropped all my masculine things. I'm not. I think my band page on Facebook still stupidly says Christopher Brewer, and my album cover says Christopher Brewer. But I'm coming out. You can be patient with me. It's a long road ahead. My people explode sometimes video. I'm going to cross dress. That'll go viral. You can't you can't miss that. You have to you have to see that. You can uh, get me on bandcamp.com, chrisbrewer.bandcamp.com backslash releases. And thank you so much. I appreciate every second that you spent listening to us, guys. Yeah. And by the way, uh, that was Dark Backward, the band that had just played behind us. And you know, it's been I, a hot little night, man. It's been cool. It I took w- pictures of the yard. It, it would have been cool just to have it in a silent room. But there is something about the ambience of playing, oh, this is going to be badass. Music. 
I just hope it's not too loud on here. And, we'll uh, see. We had an issue when it was plugged in before, so hopefully, <laughs> our, hopefully our, it's all good. I was on a podcast of his earlier. Our Tales from the Hardcast might have some tech issues, but yeah, yeah. we all sound amazingly stunning on it. You should, yes. you should check it out. Yes. And I cross-dressed on it, vocals. too, so you should listen to that. <laughs> all right, guys. Go, take care of yourselves. Uh, follow me on social media at the Izzy Rock. Uh, check out my podcast, Tales from the Hard Side, and enjoy your lives. Any last words, Chris? Oh, let me do my John C. Riley impersonation. Okay. I didn't do it on the last one, did I? No. So, I'm John C. Riley. Thank you for listening to the Gem City Podcast. Thank you. I, I really think that you guys would enjoy listening to more podcasts if you just plug it in and, like, hit the, the button. I don't know what all the buttons do, but I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'll, I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> all right. Now... Can you do that voice and say, this is Chris Brewer, and you've been listening to the Gem City Podcast. My name, this is Chris Brewer, and you've been listening to the Gem City Podcast. <laughs> I need a girl with a fetish and a needle tattoo. I need a girl to drop whatever thing that she's doing and make a love on the picnic table out of the a crazy girl who likes me crazy too ah. In all honesty, I've been lying so long that I lost track I want a million things, and I hope a million things want me back I think it's time for tea, when the neighbors down below me smoke crack But everything can change, cause standing still's a skill